Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We're going to shift gears and talk some basketball and how the Mavs can avoid last season's second-half swoon. Now, do you remember what happened coming out of the All-Star break last year? They traded away things. and or they, Was or, that, that was during before, the break? Yeah. I don't know, but I, I no. don't remember feeling no. great okay. about the team. It was you're in a weird spot, but I wasn't feeling as bad as, as the second half, half progressed. Sure, that is, that is very fair. Now, keep in mind, we say second half of the season, but there's only 27 games left. Right. So, you know. But after the All-Star break, Dallas lost 10 of its next 15 games. So they went 5-10. and 10, yeah. And then they would proceed from there to continue to struggle and go 6-15 and 15 after the break. And it felt like even if they were in close games, besides the one where Kleba hit the shot against the Lakers, literally it felt like they lost every yes. game in the final three minutes that they had a chance to win. And now, you do that again, you might just hold on, might. Just hold on to a play-in spot, but your season feels essentially over. I'm not predicting that's going to happen whatsoever, but do you have any concerns looking back at the way last year played out, or do you see the way this team has been playing, the moves they made, and think, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about getting into the top six more realistically. I'm on that side right now, Mike. I I feel like this team, you just injected positive energy into this thing. And I see a team right now that I think is like really focusing on getting a higher seed, enjoying playoff basketball, being part of that right now. Corey, I totally agree. Oh, I am. I am optimistic about what we can see this last stretch of the season. Now, will it all come together for an NBA championship? Probably not. Sure. That, that would be very quick to trade for P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford and have them play deep. approximately 30 minutes of a 48-minute yeah. playoff game. That's a lot to ask for it to all come together, to get kind of two new starting players and for it to all come together. But last year what was so difficult <laughs> is – Dorian Finney-Smith was your best defensive player by far, and you're taking him off the team. Spencer Dinwiddie was playing 30-plus minutes a night, and you're taking him off the team. Then you add a star player to your team who's never played with Luka Doncic before, and they're trying to figure each other out and never really did figure out how to mix their games together uh, well. They've Kyrie and Luka are figuring it out. Is it perfect? It's not perfect. Their games are not perfect together and never will be perfect together. But they're much more cohesive now than they were. You don't have to worry about that. The concern is, and I'm not that concerned about it, is working in two really good role players into consistent minutes. In the trade, you didn't trade anybody getting consistent minutes. Grant Williams at times was getting eight minutes or 28 minutes. He wasn't Dorian Finney-Smith. 
He wasn't a guy. You are taking two people off of your rotation that are tremendous in your rotation in Dinwiddie and Finney Smith. You didn't trade. Yeah, Seth Curry wasn't even playing. Like, you didn't trade anybody who was getting major minutes on your team to kind of go, okay, we lost that chemistry. How are we going to bring in this chemistry? I'm optimistic, and I think, Kevin, I'll leave it at this. Tonight's a big game for me. I'm not going to say that this is a end-all, be-all. They're not team. going to be good or be good. But if you aren't giving up offensive rebounds, if you are making it difficult to score around the basket, if you're getting easy buckets – I don't know how Luca and Kyrie are going to play the first game out of the break. Neither do I know about Durant and uh, Booker. I'll call him regular name for now. Is I think that this could be a very, very scary team for the rest of the Western Conference. And by the way, Kevin Durant agrees with you, definitely not with your nickname for Devin Booker, but about the importance. <laughs> <laughs> You maybe so touche is Kevin Durant said this talking about the Mavs game. Good test for us. They've been playing well lately. They've got some new additions to their team that will challenge us. It's a great game to start the second half of the season with. So again, I, I agree with you. Win or lose, I'm not going to come in tomorrow and make a definitive statement. It's about, over. Uh, <laughs> I, I champs. I don't feel like I will say that, but here's what it can do is last year, there are definitely some similarities between this year's team and last year's team in terms of positioning in the standings. Last year, coming out of the All-Star break, they were three and a half games behind the Clippers for the number three seed. This year, coming out of the All-Star break, they're five games back of the Clippers for the number three seed. Now, I'm not saying that means you make a charge at the three seed, but that shows you how close you are and how the, the Mavs spiraling out immediately killed yeah. any hopes of that, and then obviously you started moving down the standings. This could get fun. It could get not concerning. I'm not concerned about this. I, I think Nico Harrison has done a very good job at changing this team. Am I saying it's the best team in the NBA? No. Is it a championship contender? Not yet, but it has the the look that it could be and down the road. much more so than three weeks. That's one I, what I did want to add. Now, I know, Kevin, you're talking specifically about this sure. year, and what Mike said to start off there was, can, is it going to be a championship this year? I don't think so, but – what we see is we have a few years to work with some of the additions that you've made, and that can be a positive to build on. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Again, we didn't expect that team to go to the Western Conference Finals uh, a couple of years ago. Like you, no. Nobody expected and that. And since they followed it up with not making the playoffs, everybody goes, that was fake. That yeah. was just a, but they Luke got is not lucky. Luka's yeah. not a player that is just going to get lucky like that if he has better talent, in my opinion. And Kyrie has the experience to do that as well. And now you have some players that have the physical athleticism to actually run along with this team. And you know what? Talking about some of those players, here is a bonus Dante Exum has missed, I believe, 19 of the last 21 games. Jason Kidd said that Exum, who the knee injuries kept him out since January 27th, 
has not had a setback and might return during the four-game road trip. So you hit up the Suns tonight, or I guess rather they come to the AAC, and then you start your four-game road trip, and Kid was thrown out there, hey, maybe that will be a spot for Exum. And I know we've had a conversation about what Exum can and will continue to actually contribute, but I will tell you this. Before you made the trades, he damn sure was one of your better players this year. And I like the idea of him being back as another option. To your point, I thought you could argue a month ago in order Luca, Kyrie, Lively, Exum. I would Those were your four best players. Now, you could say Hardaway Jr. fifth, or you could say Hardaway Jr. fourth and then Exum fifth. But I thought those are probably your five best players. Not the five best guys to close with, but maybe you had to. You just put out your best five and go, we're going to go really small and then also super young, but now you don't have to. Now you don't have to put the pressure on Lively this year. Hey, we've made the playoffs, and let's just say you're playing the Denver Nuggets. I'm not happy about that matchup, by the way. If, if you get unlucky with that, you get unlucky with that in your first-round matchup sure. if they're healthy. Like, all right, man, hey, you just turned 20. You're going to take on the best player in the world for about 40 minutes a night and see how that goes? Like, Good luck. Now you have backup plans so I don't know when it comes to these last 27 games Jason Kidd to me is going to have to work his butt off and try to figure out who are the seven guys that are going to get regular minutes in the playoffs and then who's my eighth guy that will kind of get playing time and that's kind of that's all you go with in the playoffs I do know yes there's a Corey Brewer had a big moment or a Jan Mahimi who had a big moment they weren't playing every game uh, during the playoffs they just they just kind of came in and then all of a sudden, like, oh my gosh, they did something. And then Rick Carlisle would be like, yeah, they did something. That doesn't mean I'm going to now put them in the regular rotation. We're working with eight guys in a, in a playoff rotation. Luca, Kyrie, PJ, Daniel Gafford, Lively, uh, and then Tim. Yeah. And then. Now you have to decide between this. <laughs> Kleba will get regular time because he is a, he's your biggest kind of wing defender. Yeah. So Kleba, then you have Hardy, you have Exum, you have Derek Jones Jr. You know, you're you have you're gonna have to kind of decide. Some guys are just gonna have to watch the game, but they're gonna play somewhat of a Corey Brewer role. If you have a this is where coaching, I do believe, helps. Is can you start pressing these random buttons that don't really make sense to us, but then Corey Brewer has a strong 10 minutes in a game you're like holy cow should he be playing more and rick like i press that button i'm not going to press it again because they might adjust to that but now i'm going to press some random brian cardinal button for three minutes right. that works or a deshaun stevenson start that works and you're like that's where there is coaching i know it's professionals it's a free-flowing game but this is going to be Jason Kidd having to figure out who are my best eight guys to play in a playoff situation. Now, I wanted to throw this out there as well. Unfortunately, we've been having too much trial talk, but Mavericks are involved in one as well. Donnie Nelson's lawsuit versus the Mavericks is now scheduled to go to trial on December 10th. And I realize it's a long time away, and I imagine particularly for the Mavericks, they would like to not be in this trial. But if you remember, the lawsuit which was filed in March of 2022, Donnie Nelson claims he was fired by the Mavericks in retaliation to reporting Mark Cuban's right-hand man for sexually assaulting and harassing his nephew in a hotel room during the 2020 All-Star Weekend. Now, the Mavericks, of course, at the time, reiterated that Nelson was fired due to, quote, a number of factors, including poor job performance. Okay. And so... 
Nelson said he didn't learn about this assault until the summer and said the team quickly and quietly settled his nephew's claims in an attempt to sweep it under the rug. And he said by bringing this up, this is what had Mark Cuban and the team in general not want to bring him back. The Mavericks, on the other hand, have said they reported the allegations immediately to the NBA and it was close to Nelson's nephew's satisfaction. I am not a judge, uh, but the precedent of what the Mavericks organization had already previously had. It's not great. Has to play into it in some way, shape, or form. Also, probably smart of Mark to kind of like step away from a lot of things as this starts to pop back up. Yeah, look, and and I understand with the future of gambling and casino resorts and everything like that, but if you're a judge... Or you're just a human and you're aware of these things. You're like, yeah, I could see how that would happen in the Mavericks organization because it did. Yeah. I I will say this on the basketball side. I'm glad that the new ownership has come in and said, Nico's the guy running the basketball stuff. Like, let's like, yeah, for instance, I don't know to blame Donnie Nelson or not for 2013 through 2020-ish. Like, I I don't know who to blame on that because we get conflicting reports from people that know more than we do inside that organization that Mark Cuban became the general manager, and that's why Donnie wasn't happy is because he felt like he's getting overruled too many times and he wasn't really the general manager anymore. At one point, Vegas Bob was uh, very high up, and and that was – that was conflicting. Which you know. led to your right. star player allegedly just, saying, who the F is running this team? I just feel like now we know from 2023 beyond, we can look at Nico. At, this is what Nico did. This is who Nico drafted. This is who Nico traded for. We're not like, man, did this, was this a Cuban move or was this a Nico move? We know that at least the ownership made it clear that Nico's running the basketball.